Welcome to the Casual Planeswalker Podcast, the show made by casual players for casual players. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Casual Planeswalker Podcast, the coolest Magic the Gathering podcast made by casual players for casual players. This week, uh, Nick isn't with us, unfortunately, but uh, we do have uh, Brad and the rest of the crew. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Hey, it's Josh. Hey, it's Leroy. And I'm Zach. Rock and roll. All right, so uh, first off, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on at the Casual Planeswalker because we're always developing our, our website. We're, uh, we're finding more content to put out there for all of you. And actually, Zach, you've got some exciting news for uh, our fans on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on both Twitter and Facebook right now, we're running a contest in which we are giving away priders. We've got uh, several Sheol Dread and I could be uh, persuaded, if this goes well enough, to throw out uh, uh, the green prider, a foil of Vorsenklex as well. Uh, and what we're doing is every 100 follower threshold, I'm going to use random.org to pick a random follower on Twitter or friend slash like on Facebook, and I'm going to uh, send that person uh, a prider. So that's the deal. Uh, and this is going through this week. So we'll we'll keep giving those cards away and until we run out. Sweet. So that's uh through Sunday the uh 29th of May. Yes. Awesome. And basically, you know, you're you're going to want to be a friend or um follow us on Twitter anyways because we basically every day we're coming up with uh constant updates on news, uh just interesting things that are going on uh within the Casual Planeswalker. Uh we've We've been uh, playing a lot of magic, so I don't know. We've always we've always got pretty good stuff up there, so you want to check it out, anyways. But you could totally uh, win a pretty cool card uh, if you follow us too. And we have the new new comics twice a week by Nick. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah, um, we've uh, wrapped up the the Casual Crew series, and he's begun a new series called Top Dorks. Definitely stay tuned to that. There's going to be two. Uh, new comics every week. Pretty much awesome, I'd say. Definitely. Um, definitely. And definitely check out Casual Planeswalker as much as you can because we've always got new stuff. So, All right. Um, let's get into talking about New Phyrexia since that's the, the new hotness right now. Uh, we've had the good fortune to come across some uh, fat packs in local card shops. And we've, we've had a couple drafts and we went to the pre-release and stuff like that. So we're starting to develop a little bit of a feel for New Phyrexia and some opinions on, on that. So, yeah, I guess, uh, Zach, I know I mean, you've, you've really gotten in touch with a lot of the cards that have been coming out for New Phyrexia. You've gotten to know them pretty well from uh, writing articles about them and such. Have, have any cards, like, risen to, you know, the forefront of, of your attention recently that you weren't quite as excited about at the beginning? Have you experienced that at all? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, first of all, when I when I talk about draft or, or limited in, in general 
I think it's silly to talk about rares for the most part um, because the game is going to be played for the most part with the commons and the uncommons. So what struck me, first, of course, a card like Porcelain Legionnaire, a 3-1 first strike is always formidable, but uh, cards that have sort of snuck up on me as I've played more and more, uh, all of the Soul Eaters. There's a, a, a series of, of artifacts called Soul Eaters, and each of them has a uh, Phyrexian color-related ability, and all of all of the Soul Eaters have been great. I'm, you guys kicked my butt today with the Blinding Soul Eater, and um, the Insatiable Soul Eater is one, too, that uh, wouldn't have been a, a first pick in my first draft, but uh, absolutely would be now. Yeah, I think uh, that's a... That's a really good observation because they're all at a common rarity, right? Yes. So you see them a lot, and they're sort of underdogs, I guess, like you said. Definitely like the Trespassing Soul Eater, the one who can become unblockable. He's a 2-2 for 3 artifact, and then uh, one blue Phyrexian mana to, to make him unblockable. And then, of course, the uh, the red Immolating Soul Eater. I mean, we've... We suffered uh, defeat at his hands uh, the, during the, the pre-release, so we know he's pretty powerful. Yeah, he was the first one to really intrigue me. That, that idea of Phyrexian fire breathing is uh, pretty fantastic. Yeah. I think the only uh, one of the Soul Eaters that I, I haven't actually uh, tried out at all is the Pestilent Soul Eater. The 3-3 three, three for 5 in his conditional ability, you can pay one black Phyrexian to uh, give him infect until end of turn. I definitely, um, I drafted that today because uh, I was playing blue and white, but uh, I was really going for a pure infect deck. And, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have uh, evasion, but I really like the idea of swinging and then if it's going to get through, giving it infect. And if not, then, well, I guess that w- it would work even... You know, if if a creature that you really wanted to get infect counters on it blocked it, you could uh, activate the infect ability as well. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that flexibility. It's not it's not like a super powerful card, and you know it doesn't have quite the explosive potential that the others do. I think uh, because the white one locks down a creature, the trespassing soul leader, the blue one, you know he ha- he gets invasion, the green one gets invasion, but this one. Just gets in fact. So the nice thing about that though is that you kind of get a bit of a surprise factor because no one's really going to expect you to play him as he's kind of under seemingly underpowered and stuff. You're going to have to you're going to make them either waste a kill spell or uh, tear down one of their fatties or something like that. You know, like if you're running up against someone playing um, dinos and they've got you know a tyrannix or something on the ground, you don't really have much to say about it. But you can throw you know if he lets it through, you make him in fact. If he doesn't, you make him in fact. It's just kind of a nice backup, actually. And and three three infect is actually pretty big compared to the rest of the infect creatures out there. Yeah, most of them are pretty squishy. They're pretty easy to get rid of. And a three three is going to take at least something. It's going to take uh, galvanic blast with metalcraft. You're going to need man. What are you going to need? You need a lot. I mean, there's a couple. Oh shoot, what is it? The new one, dismember. I guess would get rid of him. But do you really want to waste a dismember on a three-three? <laughs> right. You know, it's like yeah. it's one of those questions where it's like, well, you're gonna either make them waste one of their nice removal spells that you can, that they would have used on your, you know, if you have a bomb that you're gonna drop or anything like that. It's a nice way to save yourself from that. 
And that's a good segue into another important draft subject, which is removal. And uh, for the most part in New Phyrexia, it's pretty weak. There, there are a couple of standouts. Uh, what do you guys like? I've got. A- I, um, oh. Go ahead, Josh. I was going to say for the uh, the commons, as far as that's concerned, Geth's Verdict is definitely, uh, if you're not looking at any bombs, I would definitely pick that up. Um, it's too black, so it, it's kind of annoying because not that many options in black as far as drafting is concerned. I mean... It's kind of an option, but if you absolutely want to draft um, removal, the commons, I would say guess verdict. Um, I'm still on the fence about Blind Zealot, though. Um, I know he's removal technically, but I don't think he'll ever get through. Yeah, not not in this format. Intimidate isn't isn't that great. Blind Zealot is the uh, one and two black for a two-two with Intimidate, but everybody's got artifacts. I mean, he's 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 not getting through. Yeah, there was wasn't there another black removal spell though in New Phyrexia? It's not removal, but there's uh, uh, dismember counters. Well, there's dismember, of course. Dismember yeah. minus five minus five is great, but grim affliction is what you're talking yes. about, Josh. Yeah, two in a black, uh, put a minus one minus one counter on target creature, then proliferate. Yes, I really like that one. Yeah, because I mean it takes out a two two, or it can be a double double duty there. Yeah, that one's a lot more effective, I think. It, dealing, you know, it's more splashable at least than the Grim Affliction. Or Geth's exactly. Verdict. Sorry. Yeah. What I, I do like about Geth's Verdict, just uh, sort of flavor-wise, is that it's um, it's a sacrifice spell at an instant speed. I, I don't know, I've always enjoyed uh, all the Verdicts, actually. <laughs> or the Edicts, sorry. The Edicts were the previous cards that uh, would make your opponent sacrifice a creature and I don't know. I just I just noticed that it's uh, at instant, which makes it a little nicer. A lot of times they put that sacrifice a creature at sorcery speed, and doesn't mean as much. Yeah, I just wanted to say that. I didn't really notice that. That's actually kind of cool, you know. If they're using some form of, uh, you know, they're sacking one of their artifacts to something in response, you know, before anything else comes out, you can just make them kill their other creature. Exactly. You could mess up with uh, some timing and. You know, mess up their perfect situation by having a well-timed Geth's verdict. That's not bad. Outside of, of black, um, I really like Glissa's Scorn. Technically, this isn't creature. Oh yeah. Life, but destroy target artifact. Its controller loses one life. Some of those powerful creatures in this format are artifacts. So. Yeah, I would say just by the same token of. Intimidate being pretty weak in this set, Glissa's Scorn is really strong mm-hmm. because everybody has artifacts and most people have artifact creatures. So I would say it's a pretty cheap removal spell that's worth splashing. Yeah. And then there's the Volt Charge that Zach loves playing. Yes, that's the one I was thinking could kill the <laughs> the um, Soul Leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deals three damage. All the Soul Leaders. Yeah, a lightning bolt and then a proliferate. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like that a lot for two and a red. Yeah, and not too bad. In addition to Glissa's scorn, Leroy saw me do this in our, our previous draft. Uh, Viridian Harvest is that? It's kind of silly. It's just one mana for an enchant artifact. When enchanted artifact is put into a graveyard, you gain six life. So. Typically what I would do is I'd uh, Viridian Harvest one of his creatures and, and then I'd Glissa's Scorn it. So I, 
He'd lose the creature and one life, and I would gain six. That was very <laughs> That's nice. pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I, I guess one thing that is generally overlooked is the fact that white actually has a pretty good removal spell in New Phyrexia. It's an uncommon, and I don't I don't think we've seen it much at all. I, I know there's at least a couple in our playgroup in circulation, but uh, Dispatch is an instant for one white. It's tap target creature, but if you have Metal Craft, it's Exile that creature. Oh, wow. Uh, I forgot about him. So Dispatch is, is, is pretty good. The Pacifism Substitute, uh, Forced Worship, Enchanted Creature Can't Attack is okay what makes it viable at all is it's got the the added ability of two and a white to return forced worship to its owner's hand so you can stall out a creature until you find some true removal take the forced worship back to your hand and stall out another yeah or or until a bigger threat hits the board then you can reassign it to that one or if he's simply using it to block you can also use it just to get it back Right. You know, he can't just chump block with that creature and lose, you know, cause that enchantment to go away when it dies. You can just throw it on something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to pay its cost, it gets kind of expensive, but it, it is, yeah, five total to put it on another creature. But yeah, it, it makes it just versatile enough that if you've got an empty hand late game, you can mess around with it. I haven't really seen anybody um, play. Beast within, that's kind of interesting. In green, that kind of two and a green instant for destroy target permanent. Its controller puts a three three green beast creature token onto the battlefield. Yeah, that's something people talked up a lot before the pre-release event, uh, mm-hmm. but but I haven't really seen it in action. I mean, it's a great answer to a planeswalker, a, you know, a huge bomb creature. And the nice thing is it's an instant speed, and so you can mess up an attack as well. Did anybody catch that? It just says target permanent. You can actually pop lands with that. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That just hit me. Yeah. So if somebody is playing multicolor and, you know, say they've only got one blue out, you can pop it. it yeah, it does have complete versatility, uh, which is pretty like cool. That. So wow. enchantments, artifacts, whatever is whatever's bringing you down. <laughs> I like the card infinitely more. I feel like outside the set, this should be a really powerful card. Yeah, yeah, outside of, especially limited, um, I think it'll see play. Moving on, I guess we can talk a little bit about drafting and what we expect to see with Magic the Gathering Online drafting, which I think Josh can speak into. Yeah, Josh, you've you've been drafting a fair amount recently. What do you think uh, adding NPH into the mix is going to do? Right. Um, as it stands, it's going to be kind of interesting, I think. Um, I, I'm still undecided as to whether or not it's going to speed things up or do nothing. It, it doesn't feel like it's really... I, I don't know. The, the Phyrexian mana is, like I said before, it's just it might speed things up a little bit, so we might have to be able to sort of play a little bit faster. I'm not entirely sure. I, I mean... It definitely adds a few new bombs to the mix. I mean, you're you're looking at sort of War and Peace. You know, somebody drops that down, and your life just got infinitely more difficult. Have you have you found that uh, Magic Online has any sort of different feel to it than like drafting in real life? It seems a lot more intense, quite honestly. 
it feels a lot more intense than drafting in real life. Um, you end up running up against people who are just drafting all the time and know the, know the decks inside and out. And so you'll end up with a lot of people. I mean, I think there's fewer casual players on Magic Online. Definitely fewer. There's a lot fewer. I think, uh, as long as you stick into Swiss, you should be a little bit more casual. If you're going to play the 8-4 uh, tournaments or the 4-3-2-2s, uh, the 8-4s for sure, it gets a lot more competitive. Uh, it gets a lot more intense. You're going to really want to know what you're doing in those sets. But um, if you're going to get into it, I would definitely recommend uh, Swiss because otherwise you're just going to be wasting a lot of time uh, going in there. Uh, Swiss, you know, of course, you're not going to win as much in theory, but um, if you're not winning Swiss tournaments, then... It doesn't really matter anyway. Now that's uh, Swiss as opposed to Cheddar then? Uh, yeah, actually. I prefer uh, Brie or uh, Gruyere myself. <laughs> but yeah, the Swiss is where <laughs> you, uh, if people who are familiar with Swiss, you would be uh, sort of, you play in the MTGO Swiss drafts, you'll play three rounds and you play all three whether you win or lose. And it just, it, you get basically one pack for every time you win. So if you lose your first two rounds and you win your last one, you get one pack. If you win your first round and lose your next two, you still get one pack. So uh, if you win all three of them, you get three packs. So basically the Swiss tournament is turns into a 3-2-2-2-1. Uh, two, 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 no, 3-2-2-1-1, I believe is what the split would be for the Swiss. I never actually thought about it for some reason. But yeah, if you're going to stick with that, it'll it's fun. I mean, it's a good time. What we should do is we should inspire the casual players out there to start playing Magic Online so we can sort of, you know, bring the more casual feel to it. Yeah, that would definitely be nice. One thing, uh, one little quick tip, if you are going to be playing Magic Online for one of the first times, is to simply buy tickets, uh, the tournament tickets from the MTGO store, because those basically become a currency in the trading uh in the trading area and you can just buy packs off of all of the bots that are running all the time in there. And they usually sell them for cheaper than you can get a pack from the actual wizard store. And, uh, that'll save you a little <laughs> bit of money. That's really interesting. So yeah, cause people sell them in to these bots, you know, when you win, people win the eight fours, they might just sell off the eight packs they won. And so mm. they'll go back and, or just, you know, whatever tournament they want or anything like that. They end up with a bunch of card or packs that people sell in, and so they sell them for a little bit more than they paid for them. And usually it's a lot less than Wizards charges. So it can range anywhere from three do- or three tickets. Usually tickets is basically equivalent to dollars, but three tickets to um, four tickets being what MTGO charges for a pack. So you can save a couple bucks. That's cool. I haven't really played too much... Magic Online myself, I, I did a few years ago, but I'm sure it's changed a little bit since then. Uh, so the next big uh, thing that came up on our radar in the past week or so is the release of the new Phyrexia event decks. We, I know we personally had a really good time on game day for uh, Scars of Mirrodin just picking up those event decks and playing them. It kind of got us back into Magic, really, because we were... We were sort of just playing our old uh, casual decks and happened to walk into our favorite card shop and said, uh, or we saw the, saw the event decks and said, yeah, let's give them a shot. And they were really, really fun and really, really awesome. So, yeah, Zach, and I know you've 
been uh, keeping tabs on this as it's developed. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on the new Phyrexia event decks? Well, my first thought is they are too good. Um, the Wizards announcement says they're going to retail for $24.99. I bet you that won't be the case at all. Shops are going to raise that price. And if you don't reserve War of Attrition, the white event deck, I bet you you won't get it at all. Not with the Stoneforge Mystic in it. No, no. I, I'm not sure what exactly they were trying to do with that. I mean, clearly it's a nice deck, but uh, there's no way the card shops are going to sell it for 25 bucks. Yeah, it, it, it's a fantastic deck and, and way undervalued. If you can find somewhere online to buy it ahead of time at a reasonable price, I, I would recommend that. Um, if you don't want to slight your local card shop, then I would recommend reserving it. Yeah, so... Um, as you guys mentioned, there are two copies of Stoneforge Mystic in the War of Attrition, which is the white, basically a white weenie with equipment deck. So there's been a lot of talk about that. So I guess that's, I don't know, what do you guys think is going to happen? I mean, everybody's wondering whether the value of the card itself is going to go down since more are going to be easily in circulation. Or do you guys think the the supply of these decks just isn't going to be that great so the price of the decks will be high i think historically supplies had little to do with the because people just buy more you know i don't know i I think i know stoneforge mystic is a rare but i mean i don't know i'm less inclined to believe that the price is going to go down because it's in here yeah i think uh i think at this point everybody needs four stoneforge mystics in any viable deck and so people are just going to keep buying it. Uh, if, if something does make the price go down, it will be the fact that Stoneforge Mystic is going to get rotated out of standard soon. Maybe we've passed the, the peak of Stoneforge Mystic, but I don't see that War of Attrition, this event deck itself, is going to do much to change the price. Yeah, well, once it rotates out of standard, I think that price is just going to plummet. But I'm not too uh, disappointed because personally I'm a lot more excited about the green deck. <laughs> uh, last time we had um, a mono red goblin based deck that was really good versus a blue and black infect deck, um, and then this this time they're going uh, mono white versus mono green. I don't know personally I I just think the green deck's going to be awesome. It's a uh, a lot of Little infect creatures like uh, Glistener Elf, uh, Blight Mamba, Icker Claw Mirror, and then uh, some bigger ones like uh, Putrefax, Rotwolf, Viridian Corruptor, and then um, a lot of like pump spells. And I don't know, seems really fun to me. <laughs> I definitely would would choose that one, even though the white one's probably going to be better just like the red one was better last time but i had a lot of fun playing the blue black infect deck yeah i i i don't know the green deck is really good it doesn't have the wow factor of storm stoneforge mystic but um i think it'll be pretty impressive it's got the ink moth nexus which is the little man land that puts a one one uh blink moth token into play that has in fact and those putrefaxes are amazing uh three and two green for a five three trample haste infect and at the end uh, beginning of the end step sacrifice putrefax that's pretty awesome but add in the pump cards that they have in this this deck uh primal bellow mutagenic growth 
and he's going to get even scarier. Groundswell as well. Yeah. There's like four copies of each of those, so there's a lot of pump. So mm-hmm. a lot of decent little creatures and a lot of pump spells. Well, I mean, just think about what happens if you turn six, play a Putrefax, drop a land, play Groundswell. You have a 9-3 Trample Haste coming at him. In fact. Nice. Yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> and I think one of the really... I thought I sort of thought it was funny at first, but now it's just awesome. One of the sideboard cards in Rot with, from Within is Malira Silvok Outcast. The uh, two two, she basically you know one of our favorite permutations on a grizzly bear. One in the green for a two two, but you can't get poison counters. Creatures you control can't have minus one minus one counters placed on them. Creatures your opponents control lose infect. So basically, cool. if you come up against the mirror, you know, if you're playing against another poison deck, then Malira Silvok Outcast saves you from having to, to deal with that. Yeah, pretty interesting. Cool choice on their part. Mm-hmm. And there's a few Contagion Clasps in there as well for proliferate deliciousness. Yeah, it's a... Are, are there any green uh, instant sorceries that, that have proliferate? Oh, any, any you can you can think of off the top of your head because I would have thought they would put those in there and maybe those would be more effective than a contagion class, but maybe contagion class was the best option. I don't think there was any green proliferate. Seems like a, a very deliberate choice. Might not be any. That's crazy. Because you know you have Tezzeret's Gambit in blue, uh, Grim Affliction in black. Oh gosh, no, I'm not going to remember the other. Colors, but oh yeah, I, obviously Volt Charge in red. Oh yeah, there must be a green one. You know what I really like? I, I just noticed um, they've only got one in here, but the Blight Mamba is a one colorless and a green for a one-one snake with infect, and then it's got regenerate of one colorless and a green. Having infect on a regeneratable creature seems pretty awesome. Yeah. Good blocker who's also making the creature smaller every time it blocks. I think he's cool, but they put so many minus one, minus one uh, spells into this set. That's true. And other infect creatures will negate him as well. That's the problem with him, is he's cool, but in the, like, in the, like, the theme of everything going on, what would you say, the meta, I guess? <laughs> mm-hmm. He... he, he starts to lose his awesome shine because it's just they basically built in to the set how to kill Blight Mamba. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, had he, had he showed up at any other time, he would be awesome, I think. Yeah, you're right. I'm just scared to use him because there's so many things that put minus one, minus ones. I mean, someone plays a Contagion class, good night. You know, any of the mm-hmm. minus one, minus one things. Any other infect creatures. I know personally I love to use the... Uh, the white, oh shoot, it's the one, uh, it's a one power, four toughness, vigilance. Um, he's from Mirrodin Besieged. He's a, uh, it's a white card. I can't think of what he's cost. He's cost three and a white, but he's one, he's a one four, in fact, vigilant. Anyway, and uh, he's really handy for blocking. And I, I would see him, you know, going toe to toe with Blight Mamba and then just saying, okay, I've got a three three now, or a zero three that I can use to block. Yeah. Right. 
Sorry, Blight Mamba. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Priests priest of that. Northern, Josh. That's the card that you're thinking yes. of. Yeah, I love that card. Mm-hmm. So handy. <laughs> yeah, in fact, actually makes um, Overgrown Battlement another card that they included a little little more sad as far as blocking goes, the 0-4 wall. I could just see it shrinking. Now you have a 0-3 wall. Now you have a 0-2 wall. I guess it's not too bad, and it's definitely there for mana ramp more than uh, blocking. But Yeah, it's just a, a, a land of war that can survive for a little bit. <laughs> That's true. It, what's inter- I, I think it's interesting, too, that three... Well... Yeah, three of the sideboard cards are rares. So many of the great infect creatures are commons and uncommons that they had to put rares in the sideboard on that one. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure why Obstinate Bayloth is even in the sideboard. Does anybody have a reason for that? I'd really like to know why they put cards in their sideboard. I mean, I'd just like to know the, the reasoning behind each of one of them. Yeah, I guess he's a response to discarding... I mean, the uh, only discard is the black. Uh, was it deprive? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Oh, despise. Despise. Excuse but me. But despise, you'd be picking him, and why? You know, why would you pick him? <laughs> That's why I'm saying, like, if you were the only creature in your hand, and your opponent happened to play despise. Right. Uh, I don't see. I don't see any reason for him except they wanted to give you some rares. <laughs> <laughs> or just some uh, life gain. I mean. He comes into play four mana for a four four, and you gain four life when he comes into play. So yeah, maybe if you're know. okay. I think maybe it's if you're running up against like a white red speed deck. Yeah, maybe maybe if you're running into Bias something that's time. faster. Yeah, he buys you a little bit. Because mm-hmm. that that would make more sense with Pistis Strike. I mean, honestly, I would if that were the case, I would say throw in, you know. Two more Pistis Strikes, one more Obstinate Bayloth, take away all the Trigons of Infestation, and put in another Putrefax. But. Yeah. yeah. The Trigons give you a little 1 1 infect little dudes. For a lot of mana, but. No, actually. They, I'm sorry. Carrying Call is what I meant to say. Oh. Uh, I don't mind. Also. I don't mind the Trigon as much. Oh man. I like Carrying Call too. It's an instant. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is a pain. To get two little infect creatures. Mm. It'll be interesting to see how these decks do against each other. I mean, Stoneforge Mystic is has a lot of wow factor. There are, of, co- of course, four Porcelain Legionnaires in War yeah. Attrition. Um, one Porcelain Legionnaire would shut down that deck, actually. Yeah, por- having first strike is... Yeah, the answer to infect. Yeah, there's nothing that brought from within can say. Yeah, wow. there's not a lot of evasion either. No, why? That seems like a really huge oversight. Actually, I'm noticing that there's nothing bigger than a three toughness, other than the wall. The only thing they have is contagion class Growth. to deal with it. I mean, well, I guess you know, there's the pump spells. I guess you could a lot of pump. Yeah. Uh yeah. Have the pump. I mean, there's 12 pumps. That's pretty good chance you're sitting on one. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, you could just like you're sitting, thinking you're pretty confident with uh, with the porcelain legionnaire, and then all of a sudden you're dealing with a five five instead of a. But it's still a two two cards for one, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's not a great trade off. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Wow. 
Yeah, Maybe that's, that's what the obstinate Baloth is for. Because <laughs> that's the only creature in this entire deck, actually, and he's in the sideboard. I think the sideboard for War of Attrition isn't yeah, quite, we're spending, as, quite as good. We're spending a lot of time talking about the uh, the lesser of the decks, at least. Yeah. I think yeah. I think that's everyone's opinion, even though I'll be more excited to play it. So let's let's talk about War of Attrition a little bit. Yeah. What were you saying? Well, the the sideboard isn't doesn't have the the same wow factor, but cards like Core Firewalker. I mean, if you played these event decks against the previous blocks and sets in bet in event decks, Core Firewalker is the end of Goblin Guy. Yeah. yeah. Protection from red. Whenever a player casts a red spell, you may gain one life. Game. Yeah. It's wow. Real pain in the butt. I mean, it's direct color hate, and so it's not universal, universally versatile, but still. There's three Celestial Purges in there, too. Three. Also. Or, I'm sorry, four Revoke Existences, destroy, Exile Target Artifact, or Enchant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, that white deck's pretty sexy, though. It is. I think the first thing you're going to do, though, is swap out some of their equipment for something a little more exciting. Yeah. Yeah, any of the, you know, what is it, War and Peace or... Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I can't think of what the other one is. I mean, basically, this this deck just becomes Cobblade. It just becomes the standard deck. You know, you, you take out the weak little pieces of equipment they threw in there, put in Batter Skull, um, swap out some of their weaker weenies for Goblin Guides and Squadron mm. Hawks and stuff. And, I mean, it, it just becomes s- standard... Uh, a, a standard winning deck. Yeah. So these come out uh, June 10th, and hopefully we'll be able to see them in card shops. I'm sure we'll at least see the green one. Yeah, I think if you show up on game day, uh, you stand a pretty good chance. But uh, after that, don't plan on don't plan on at least getting a War of Attrition. Love me some Rot Wolf. <laughs> I love Rot Wolf. That's such a beautiful card. Yeah. It'll be. It's pretty cool that they can draw from the uh, the Zendikar pump spells and stuff. Yeah, it is. I mean, the only problem, like Zach said, is that you know they're going to be rotating out soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a real bummer. I mean, the deck doesn't have longevity anymore. You know, you're only going to be able to play it for a little while. Get it, get it in. It's true. Let's play the heck out of those event decks. Yeah, and and hope they keep making them. I think they're a lot of fun. Yeah, I think they're definitely onto something with that. Wizards likes to try a lot of weird things, but uh, every once in a while they come up with a real gem. <laughs> well, a legitimate deck. I mean, you know, the the precon decks are always like, well, yeah, that's fun. I mean, last time we yeah. were out, you know, Brad, you had said that, you know, it's a lot of fun when you play with it right now with other people who just opened precon decks. But after that, it they tend to lose a lot of the glitter. Yeah, you, you have to do a lot of modding to even make it viable in a casual circle. By the time you're done, it's just basically a completely different deck. Yeah, you're like, I oh, I used the rare. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Or you didn't even use the rare. You pulled some of the commons, you know, because the rare was too expensive, and there was a better one that did it better. Yeah. Well, I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good wrap up of what we're, what's on our minds right now. Definitely, stay tuned to our Facebook and Twitter pages. We got a lot going on there. Going to be giving away some prizes and check out casualplaneswalker.com uh, there's articles every day 
So um, we're going to keep you in the loop for everything that's going on with Magic and whatever we feel like talking about because uh, we're certainly not constrained to talking about um, standard. I mean, we're just people who love Magic. So uh, you guys have anything to add? That's a wrap for me. Sounds good. All right, so uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to look us up at www.casualplaneswalker.com or search for The Casual Planeswalker on Facebook to keep in touch and stay up to date with all the latest news we're bringing to you. Thanks for waking my cowl up.